Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. All right, so finally I have a topic for us to discuss. Are you ready? Yes. How much do you think people know you? I was having this experience the other day where I have been going through some difficult situations, right? One consistent thought that has come up into my head is, man, these people don't even really know me. Hmm. They only know a small section and are, you know, or they only know what they know or whatever. And then it just got me thinking, how many people do I feel like know me, truly know, know me? and you immediately came to mind. I feel like you are one person more than anybody in this world that truly knows me, has seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the crazy, the funny, the whatever. You know me. You know my history. You know my present. You know my future. Like, you know everything about me. Hmm. Maybe there's one or two other, like, close friends that I feel like do also really know me. Mm -hmm. But that's it. And then I was like, wow, is that normal? Or why is that? You know, so then all these questions started coming up about that. And I'm curious to to just start with, and I want to get into some of that, but I want to start with just asking you, how many people in this world do you feel like truly know you? Well, I can't go there yet because I have so many questions for you. Can we just talk a little bit more about this? Go for it. I'm an open book. uh, But apparently not. Apparently not. (laughs) What? I'm an open book to you in this setting. Awesome. So everybody that listens to the Reading Aloud podcast knows you? Ooh, good point. It's actually probably a place to get to know me pretty well, which is funny because it's not in like a real life setting. And oftentimes we joke about how we think we know people who are on TV or on the radio but we don't really because they're just playing. But, you know, on this podcast, you and I, we are just ourselves. Well, nobody's paying us to be curated. Nobody's paying us. Yeah. We're I mean, just we, taking shots in the dark exactly. and hoping people keep listening, yeah, so which go, they do. So, so, so to the testament yeah. to being authentic and being yourself and letting people know you actually working for people. Right. Good point. I hear you. Yeah. We just talked a little while ago about being pretty disenchanted by when reality TV shows get too curated and how it just doesn't sit with us well. So in this difficult situation, without talking at all about the difficult situation, because of course we're not letting people get to know that part of us today, but what would you want them to know about you? Like what's one thing they don't know about you that you think would either be helpful if they knew about you and or would change their perspective or like what, what would you want people to know about you? I really try to save judgment of people until I know them on a more personal level. Um, And so there, if everybody could see my face right now, I'm like, Oh, what a concept. Because, because, you know, everybody's got a story. um, And, and it doesn't mean that I will eventually like everybody. That's not the case. Some people I think I like, and then the more I get to know them, I'm like, eh, we don't really click. For me, it's a hard thing to answer, like, what's one thing? When you're trying to work things out with people, remembering humanity is really important. And I've said this on the podcast 
too, it's like you're never going to change somebody's mind about something unless they feel like you respect them, at least at a basic level. To answer your question, I guess I would say that I wish that they knew more of my history with the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. And actually taking the time to listen to, to, to my experience. I, yeah, I feel like generally we don't get to know people, but like that's not always, I understand in today's day and age, it's not always possible. And how many people do you get to know? I mean, like, you know, what's, there's good sayings out there. I don't have them perfect, but you know, you have like three really close friends. You have like, I think, you know, it's yeah, like I think the reason kind of I ask, I, the reason I ask is because it does make me wonder one of two things. Like, do people like, do people not know us because they're always projecting their assumptions and their personal experiences out? Like, you know, even your best friends that, you know, you think they know you. And then the next thing you know, they say something really odd and you're like, wow, you don't know my intention at all. And so it's like, they were just projecting their their own life and in their own experience onto you, which happens a lot. A lot of people project, we all project. And then there's also the idea of we don't actually, as a culture, take time to get to know people. Like, I'm just curious in a broader sense, in another culture, another country, would people be having the same conversation? Would they say, yeah, everybody knows me really well? Or is it about your privacy? Because I have a different answer than you for myself. Your privacy versus my not privacy. Well, you're you're hitting on what, what really came up for me when you were talking is like, I feel like some of it breaks down a little bit to personality. There are people out there who are more forward, upfront. You know, their personality is at the forefront. And there's people out there like out, like, like sitting directly across <laughs> from me right now. Uh, but I'll let you speak for yourself. But just saying, probably, I, I can be an outgoing person, I can be a leader in a group. But on my personal level, I take some time, not necessarily to open up, but like I I can't do that in like a public setting. Like if I meet somebody at a party, say it's like a house party, just like a friend's, like a dinner party, right? If I meet somebody at a dinner party, my first inclination is to listen and to ask questions about them. That's how I meet people. I listen and I ask questions. Can about I them. also to make a note on that? That sure. it does frustrate you that people don't ask you questions. Very much so. And so there's all so my that's, own work that, tied up. Into no, this. no, no. I don't think it's your work. I, that's what I, that just kind of go, comes back to the other thing that we were talking about of like people don't take the time to get to know people. And that's yeah. also what's happening in the in the situations that, where you're having struggles is that people haven't taken the time to get to know you. They've just made assumptions and projections. Yeah, I mean, my my ideal like when I meet somebody, my ideal situation is that if they ask me questions, they actually are interested in learning from me about myself and Who's my responses. Who's the last person that that did a good job with that or that did that in the way that felt good? I feel like I, w- I went on a hike with a, a new dad friend and I felt like he did a really great job of that. Like I was actually able to talk and explain. I've always had these jobs which are, you know, in advocacy or organizing and, and it's, are somewhat vague. It's not like I'm a you know, a real estate agent. Awesome that you're a real estate agent. But if you say you're a real estate agent, people generally have an understanding of what a real estate agent does. And they're like, oh, cool. What's this? And the houses. And, you know, like everybody's interested in real estate. So it's it's easy to relate to that person. Mine have always been a little bit. And then it, it gets into politics, which gets into opinions. And so it's a hard, like, thing to navigate unless that person is already in that world it's mm-hmm. a hard thing to explain and automatically when i start talking about w- the work that i do in the world people automatically
automatically start to make their assumptions or tell me what I already know. Mm. And so it's a hard job to like talk about. Can I just say that people do that to me too? make assumptions and tell me what? Yep. Yeah. Yep. They probably did that less when you were like, I'm a therapist at the VA. Got it. Right. Got it. You didn't have to explain that as much. Got it. Now it's a whole thing. And then now you're, you know, so it's, and then how much effort do I want to put into this conversation? Right. Overarchingly, babe, it's like, I have just felt like it's a hard thing for me to navigate Uh because I don't necessarily wear my personality on my sleeve all the time. It doesn't necessarily take a while for me to open up. It's just like, that's not my style. Okay. Let me ask you a question, another question. So, you know, I have this group of women that I spend time with seasonally. We do retreats together about once every six weeks, all based around these archetypal oils that KDV of River Island Apothecary has created. And so we sit together and like, for example, so we all went to, I was with them on Friday and we shuffled over to this concert afterward where you and Neo met us. And two things happened that day. One, I forgot my lunch and you brought it to me and you didn't make a peep because the big thing is, is that where we go is out in the middle of nowhere and you can hear people driving up. And we once had an instance where somebody drove up and it was very disconcerting, right? They shouldn't have been on the property. You, the food appeared and nobody heard anything. They were just like, oh my gosh. Also, when you brought Neo a couple times in the beginning of his life, you were there and they're like, we don't even notice that he's not here. Like you have this So anyways, they love this about you. They love that you give us so much space and that you're also so, you're tending so well while also not interrupting. Then we show up, because they've already talked to me about this, to the concert and you say, because we're in mermaid season, you say, hey mermaids. And they were just like blown away. And they, you know, The Way of the Superior Man is a book that you've read and some of them have read and, you know, whatever different opinions, but they see you as a superior man. And they have said, like, I don't know. It seems like they get you. Yeah. I mean, but they probably don't know other parts about you, right? Like what? Yeah. I mean, what do you think they are missing? I mean, you know, it's it's flattering, so it's easy to say when somebody loves you that they get you. Um, <laughs> mm, mm. And I do think that those women really do, you know, it makes me emotional that they understand and appreciate mm. that way of showing up, mm. you know, because I feel like that's not always, I don't know, it's not always seen mm. um, and appreciated and valued, mm. Mm. you know. Um, the gentle approach or the yeah, and, thoughtful and like, and like truly giving people space mm. and truly supporting people unconditionally. Mm. Like that's something I value so much, mm. you know, it is, it's just something I value so much to like, really, how do you unconditionally support people and help them achieve their, you know, whatever they need to in that moment. And so, you know, it makes me a clearly super emotional that, that they see that part of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because that's often a part of me that I don't think people see mm-hmm. about me. You know, I can be loud. We have very public lives in a lot of ways. And so I think people naturally put me in this kind of like charismatic leader slash like interesting person. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I am that in certain ways. I'm not trying to downplay myself, but I'm also this like, 
you know, quiet, supportive figure and that as, I value very much. Yeah. And as well, and, you know, getting to know you, I mean, I think my introduction to you was the charismatic side of you. And I felt like you were a man about town. You knew a lot of things. You had a lot of experiences, a lot of connections. You just like, you knew about a lot of things and you had been around and done a lot. And so I thought of you that way. And what I quickly learned about you was how supportive you truly are. Like you lifted me up to have you just be there for me and never once. I'll give a little example. The other day we were at the beach and I was like, uh, something, my eye kind of hurts. Like the inside of my eye kind of hurts. I was like, I wonder what it is. And you were like, that's probably water. Or I asked you, I was like, what do you think it is? You're like, it's water pressure. And I was like, there was like two things that happened. One is I didn't know what you meant by that. And my whole body felt relief because I was like, he's got this. He understands whatever he thinks it is. It's fine. He's not concerned. He's got this. And you know, that kind of support where I felt, I feel so held and just like, if I don't know it, you know it. And I, and we have done that for each other. If you don't know what to do, I can do it. That has made things really sweet, but you're so good at that. So I learned that secondary part of you. And I think it's just something that you've continued to nurture as you've grown is that you do lift people up. You support people always in all ways. And it's amazing. And so you're right. I think that that probably is something not a lot of people, it's like whether they're on the inside or the outside, they're going to get one version of you, you know? Yeah. But go ahead. One thing that, one thing that I've said to people who are really close or that I'm really, are really close to me or us, like every once in a while I'll mention when you have self doubt, you know, and they're like, he has self doubt. You know, that's something not a lot of people know about you is that you experience self-doubt. Yeah, severe at sometimes. It's just hard for me because I think at the same time that I am really proud of that kind of level of unconditional support. And and it's not just that. It's that I feel like I'm I'm also really good at it. You know, it is there is a skill aspect to it because I have had so much practice learning how to truly center people. And truly center them and their stories, not putting my own story, slathering it on top of theirs. But in the same time, I feel like that has set me up occasionally with unrealistic expectations around stuff where I feel like I deserve or have a desire to be treated the same way. And not everybody can show up like that. And that's okay. It's not It's not a shame. I'm not saying everybody has to show up like I show up in certain situations. Because sometimes I use that support, you know, supportive leadership as a way to crutch on other things. But that's, a you know, that could be a different conversation for a different day. But like, what I'm trying to say is I set myself up for failure often by having expectations that others will do that when I am trying to be in the center. So when I try to take a center, then I get often get very frustrated because I'm not being unconditionally supported in that role like mm. I, I would. That I have set myself up for failure in the times in which, and I'm using leader relatively broadly here, but in the times in which I center myself or am in a leadership position, that I have an, an unhealthy expectation that p- 
people will treat me in an unconditional supportive way that I treat them yeah or would treat them yeah and what do you think that how do you think that help me understand how that relates back to people who don't know you fully because at the times when I try to express the external aspects of myself not that supportive aspects when I try to center myself within the experience conversation whatever when I'm telling my story when I'm taking the lead on something you know I have set myself up for failure in that experience and so therefore I never feel like I am fully able to express myself but what I'm saying is that's not anybody else's fault that's yeah, on me yeah yeah I, I I'm and I appreciate you clarifying I'm I'm gonna see if I can go one more deeper just so that I fully understand because I want to know you fully so you're saying because of the setup of the dynamic you never really get to be centered and 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 it never really goes that well and it's it's by design because of how things have been designed in your mind and in your life over time but that then nobody really gets the essence of you as like what it looks like to have you at the center. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so people can't I've never given to... the space that, that I feel like I give people. Right. Because, and that is by design. Got it. That's and by so, design. Right. Yep. And so you, if we could tweak that so that you could take up more space, that it would illuminate a part of you because there's this piece that people think like when I have said you, you, you experience self-doubt and insecurity, they're like, but he's amazing. He's the most amazing. How could he ever be insecure? Because he's so amazing. He's more amazing. Like, I mean, people often say you're more amazing than any other man they've ever met. And so then it seems really hard for them to understand how then you could ever question yourself. So they see that charismatic out there, but what you're saying is they don't really get to see the full, full you because it's, you're still working on how to show up like that. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Yep. Do you think I see that? Because we, I mean, this has been a conversation in our own relationship is when you start to center yourself, you know, that has thrown me off it's like caught me off guard because of the ways that you never used to. I mean, I I think in my centering, I'm not quick. Like it it takes, takes things to build for a while. And, you know, I take my time with things sometimes like the experiences that I've had and been able to create, like they take time to build up. And it's like a thing. And it's, it's, it's it's a very difficult, if not impossible position for somebody else to have that kind of patience. We can all have more patience. I would say in terms of our relationship, I feel like you have seen that side of me because for many reasons, but I think at the core or the most simple is we spent a lot of time together. And so it's naturally there and we've done a lot of work and, you know, being able to um, center me. Now, there are times and like I'll admit this, like there are times when or I have a desire for you to just give me a little bit more space to like lead or, you know, to not you know, try to tweak or like, hey, just stick with me just for like, a, you know, another three hours of this day and like see where it goes. Um, but I think it is a little bit by design that 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 can be difficult. It's yeah. like it's sometimes it's like, well, are we collaborating or are you leading? And how do we set that up? How do we know and how do we set that up for success? And uh, is this a time when my opinions are welcome or not welcome? And is it black or white? And it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. I get the overarching picture and I definitely, definitely am interested in and continue to be interested in doing it differently. Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? 
That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time, and now we need your support to keep that going. Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. So how many people truly know you? Well, I think that there's probably a few similarities and a lot of differences to what you said. I think that a lot of people know me. That's my sense. I'm only just now cultivating a relationship with myself that I keep to myself. And I haven't yet excluded you from that. So I don't know that you will ever be excluded from that, but I don't have, I used to say I have no secrets. And now I have, you know, like a few things that wander through my head that I'm like, I'm not ever going to say that, you know, Mm -hmm. not ever going to express that. But I can't really think of why. And I imagine that there will be a day when I do and I'm not afraid to, it just hasn't felt like meaningful to do so. I mean, I used to think that that was a a really good quality about me. Like I thought it was interesting quality about me. And then I realized that, you know, one of the problems with telling everybody everything is that not everybody deserves to know everything. And people don't always treat parts of you with uh, respect and care. So if you tell the wrong people the wrong thing, then all of a sudden it gets twisted and used against you or just it's not cared for. People see you in this light that because you shared this one thing, they automatically see you in this way and that's that they kind of put you in a box yeah or they misinterpret it you know they don't understand it because it's 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 more nuanced but then just their view of the world it it means something else to them so you know having some privacy has been good and knowing you and being in relationship with you has allowed that because I do feel like I can get my wiggles out like I can say the things about myself that I want to say and talk openly but I don't have to let everybody else in. And also I say things to you that I, you know, I, I love when we have those moments where we're like, I would never say this out loud, but I really just need to say it and see how it sounds coming out of my (laughs) mouth. Right. Yeah. But you know, I still think I'm a pretty open book. I tell people a lot of things. I share my life on the social media. I, I, you know, we have rules around in therapy around sharing parts of yourself. I share parts of myself in therapy, uh, as it's appropriate to their healing path and their, um, care. But yeah, but I mean, and then we have the podcast. I can't think of many places, but similar to you, people don't understand how I could have insecurity. They see me as confident and I don't know. I mean, we've named it on the podcast, but I don't think people realized how bad my postpartum depression was, like where I went. And I, and by that, I mean, like I wasn't there anymore. It wasn't me and I wasn't there anymore. And, and I don't, think many people under 
understand fully, that. Fully, yeah, fully understood that. You know, and I wasn't sitting on Instagram being like, I'm depressed again today and depressed again today. But I do, I do share range of emotions. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. It feels like what I think of people knowing me might be different than what you think of people knowing me. I have such admiration for how authentic you show up as always. And that has been a big inspiration for me. And that's how I would say, like, you know, I'm doing currently this co-facilitating this workshop, uh, Dear Lead. And one of the things that you talk about is the myths of vulnerability. And one of the myths of vulnerability is that vulnerability is disclosure. Meaning, like, tell everybody everything. Tell everybody everything, and therefore I am vulnerable. Right? A lot of people mistake that for being vulnerable. Disclosing things in the right scenario can be a very vulnerable thing. It's not saying that any amount of disclosure is just not vulnerable, but it's like telling everybody things without boundaries is not necessarily being vulnerable. But you, you've talked a little bit about disclosure here, but you are vulnerable in the way that you just show up authentically as yourself. Um, you know, you tell that story of uh, being in a classroom at Columbia University where you got your master's. And all these kind of like very academic, high flutin' tootin' Columbia folks. And then the one girl who was like legally blonde. And she, my you know, culture. Yeah. The, her saying, my culture is Britney Spears. <laughs> and just owning it. And I feel like you do that as well. Like you just show up authentically as my soul. Where I, and I've gotten better about this, but I, you know, I kind of mold a little bit. Like, well, who am I talking to? And like, yeah. So you know. I do that a little bit too. What I, why I talk about that woman because we were all talking about culture and history and where we come from. Like the the people, like what what runs what through, shaped us. Yeah, what right. shaped us and what what runs through our bones and our blood. And I very much feel the Latina culture runs through my blood. Like the music, the sounds, the food, the weather, all of that. And I didn't grow up in that environment and other than you know it was in my house to a degree but it wasn't like I didn't grow up in Puerto Rico. You grew up in Texas though which is it's different yeah I I didn't grow up in Miami with my family with the rest of my family or in Puerto Rico where my dad's from so but it's in my blood and we were kind of going around and talking about that and then I also have this very white Norwegian and English side of my family and we were talking about this and the the woman who said you know everybody's like you know, there's all these people and they're drawing from other countries and then they're like their lineage. And then she was like, my culture is Britney Spears. And I, what I appreciated so much about that was a owning that she is naming and claiming being a United States citizen and not rejecting that. Like she's saying, this is where, this is as far back as I can feel. Because a lot of people feel very uh, disconnected and like, uh, what's not the word disjointed, but like disconnected from culture because they're not in the land that their people are from. And American culture as a whole is not very deep. It's very shallow. It's like baseball corporations and war <laughs> well she was saying it felt very deep for her but it's also young is it's is, young it's yeah. young right it's only what is it 400 years yeah something like that yeah 1700s mm-hmm. but what i loved about it the most was that you could see every last one of these academic columbia students like go <laughs> like that's all you got 
And she was so unapologetic. So to your point about I'm in this situation and I mold myself. Now there's a, there's some real benefit for me to be able to attune to and connect with large groups of, you know, different groups, large groups of different people and to be able to land in a space and become a part of a group, right. And connect with and not be struggling with that. But there's something definitely about that of like, am I being apologetic for who I am or am I being authentic? And I'm just, am I showing up right as I am? So I think there's still work for me, but I feel like, you know, I feel like a pretty open book for the most part. And what somebody said to me once, cause I was like, I don't know about something. And they were like, it's just so ambient to you that you don't even realize it. It's just, it's just so you. And I think that that would be true for authenticity. It's so ambient to who I am that I don't notice it because I don't have to try for it. How much do you think people knowing you is dependent on you or them? Like, what's the ratio there? Is it more dependent on you for people to know you? Like, truly feel like you they truly know you? Or is it more dependent on them? It's so funny because I think in my instance, it was it's more dependent on me. Ah, so it varies in the person. Well, and I think in your instance, it's more dependent on them because when you're somebody who steps back and allows others to go first, you know, I get that you could step up and like we were talking by design, like create more spaces for yourself. That might not be who I am always. Right. But I think that then other people, so I'll use this example on the beach the other day, this woman uh, says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm searching for shark's teeth of which I found eight. Oh yeah. Amazing. And she says, let me tell you a story. And she walks right up to me and without asking if she could or not, she tells me a 15 minute story. I was so there for that. I didn't like try to walk away. Like, yeah, she was interrupting the press. I mean, I we have a baby and I was on a schedule and I needed to find some shark's teeth. But the truth was, is like, I was like, what's more important than a little oral history? And that she was able to share that story. So that was her offering it up and me being willing to listen. So it was a 50-50 split there. I could have tuned it out. I could have walked to my friend afterwards and been like, well, this crazy lady tried to tell me something about something. But I took her story in and listened and took it to heart. And it was so meaningful for her to share it. I mean, so meaningful for her to share it. I appreciate so yeah, I appreciate you saying both. We go vacation to this place like several times. You know, we've been a bunch and I've been there for years and like I don't know, maybe I'm maybe this is a tiny little violin playing a song of sorrow for myself, but like I feel like I could count on a single hand the amount of times that I felt like I was truly engaged with somebody who was very like actually interested in learning something about me. So that is t- true for a lot of us, right? That's true for me too. We, the last time we were there, so what changed? Because the last time we were there, we connected in with somebody that we've been hanging out with for years and never, ever known anything about. Kind of the last person I would expect to have gotten to know, and we got to know them, but something brought us together. They're getting married this year, and so we had this common point, and yep. they hung around us a lot and yep. wanted to talk more, yeah. and so we actually got to know them. And then I will say though, we had another couple, older couple, that are now coming to visit Asheville and yeah. they also I also spent more time talking and, and, to the and, wife of that couple. And those those settings may be more yes, and I agree. Those common points of connection. It is very rare that people ask me about myself and then follow that up with 
another question to learn more about it, not follow it up with the story about themselves. I think that's what keeps coming up is that there's a lot of times people can't really hear. And it's just so hard for me because I'm like, is this just me? Is this just me? No, when I talk about being a fashion consultant and therapist, you know, one of the first things people say is, oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. How do you do it? And then the next thing they'll say is like, well, you know, I've got this issue, this issue, this issue, or I really want this, 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 and this. And, you know, then I end up in a... egotistical? No, no. Then I end up in a a listening role. No, babe, it's really hard for people to... It's real. It's not us being egotistical because we want that. It's that our egos, everybody's egos are driving them and so when we can't stop to listen and learn about somebody and show genuine interest because those one-sided conversations right we're just thinking about ourselves and that's super common that's what the ego does it dominates and and makes everything in relationship to our lives yeah yeah well I question that because that is a common experience that I have And at the same time, I want to know what I can do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit here and just stew about everybody else being whatever. You can butt in more. Yeah, I could. I could just tell my story. Well, and I think that I think that the idea is like when you said, whose job is it? Your job in this instance would be to not wait. Don't sit back and wait for other people to do what you need to do for yourself. Truth. That's so powerful. Yeah. I start talking about something, you know, I answer one question and then next thing you know, everybody's telling me their whole life story. I mean, as a therapist, it happens a lot. Right. You know how to ask good questions. Yeah. This is such an interesting topic. I appreciated you bringing it. And I'm, I had in my mind when you first started talking about it, that we were going somewhere else in the vein of just what is it like to be a human on this earth? And typically speaking does more than one one to three do more than one to three people know who you truly are just as humans because we're all living our own big lives so how many people really know the rest of us I know that my besties Caitlin and Zoe know me really well they just know my every move they could anticipate it do they know you better than me yeah, I think we talked about this. I think I know. That's why I asked. Well, so at this point, no. No. But I think you would maybe think that they might they wouldn't know your day to day better than me. They wouldn't know your little idiosyncrasies of your day to day, but it's they, it's true. It is it's true. I mean it's no, I'm just not who I used to be. You know, I was for so long the same person. I just was so predictably the same for so long. And it's not just, in, it's just until the last couple of years that I've just allowed myself, like we're talking about with the, like we talked about in a previous episode with The Bachelor, it's like we're just really allowing ourselves to change and transform. And I really feel like I am changing. So no, nobody knows me better than you at all. Well, that's, that's our conclusion there. <laughs> nobody knows us better than each other. Are you gonna write a song about it? Nobody knows, knows us better than you. Nobody, nobody knows me better. better. Okay, start again. Nobody, nobody knows me better than you. Nobody knows me better. I kept wanting to say us instead of me. Well, I said us the first time, but then it was like it didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Than you. So us than you is like me than you. Love you. Love you. 
Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.